Hello and welcome to The Connected Mindset. I'm your host, Greg Tomchik, and each week we bring you the stories and strategies to help connect you to your wildest dreams. Today's episode is presented by Valor Cybersecurity, simplified cybersecurity solutions for your business. Today's guest is no stranger to mindset and connection. Eric Infanti is a seven-time author, Marine veteran, and today helps improve and bring mindfulness to the digital experiences that we all enjoy on a daily basis. So without further ado, let's give Eric a huge welcome to the show and let's dive in. Fonsi, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? Oh, Greg, I'm doing super great. Thank you very much for, for having me here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Looking forward to diving right in here. Um, so, you know, one of the things that's amazing about these episodes is being able to prepare, learn a little bit more about yourself, you know, how you've evolved throughout your different experiences. Had the chance to check out Marine on the Mat recently, uh, both in audio as well as in, in print format incredible book. One of the core themes that I got from that book was around transition. You know, we're all going through transitions, whether it's in work and life and everything in between. And one of the things I want to start off by discussing is kind of anything you've seen that help people kind of better navigate transition, you know, whether it's in their personal or professional lives. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to go into with this topic, you know, and, and like you said, we're always, in a transition and so acceptance of that is the first thing you know, we have a we have a consistency of change that's happening and that's inside of ourselves and then our micro families and then broadening that out to bigger circles and then you know taking a macro you know thirty thousand foot view of what's going on globally as well there's a lot of transitions in the world right now so. absolutely absolutely any um any mindsets that kind of helped you you know, and we'll dive in a little bit to the book and, you know, kind of what brought you to that point. Um, but, you know, it's that it's taking those commonalities from being a Marine and then what's going to help you use those lessons to navigate, you know, your life going forward. You know, any kind of key lessons that you were hoping to communicate through that book that have kind of carried out, you know, in the transitions after you delivered and published it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that book is a teaching story and, uh, it parallels the Marine Corps boot camp experience, pretty detailed, um, as well as you know the, the the life of someone on a spiritual path. So, you know, I've been through all of those journeys that people go through along both of those paths, like train rails, you know, uh, in in a single trajectory. But what I what I have found is um, 
you know, if we're, we're going into our center, our core, which means coming into a very still space, that is going to be a key thing. So we can call it mindfulness. We can call it meditation. We can call it as we wish. And how we get there can be an unlimited amount of ways, unlimited amount of avenues. Of course, we want to do it ethical, moral, and safe, and not necessarily have substances to bring us there. But we want to get ourselves into our core, our center, and do that in a harmonious way so we can start to look into ourselves a little bit deeper than we normally would in daily conscious living. So we want to come into an other than normal consciousness state, which is a still state. state. And we can get that through uh, the meditative experiences, and there's a lot of them to go through. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it? Is it eight limbs? Well, that's that's the eight limbs of just yoga. But there's a lot of spiritual paths. This is just the yogic path. Um, there's many that I've been involved in. Many I've been trained for. Many I've been uh, practicing for a very long time. But um, you know, yoga has these eight paths pretty well defined. Um, you know, codified by that um, that person we call Patanjali. We don't know who that person is, but we say that he codified and you know brought all this this doctrine together in one unified space. Um, you know, called the eight limbs of yoga, and uh, as we can see that trajectory as well. You know, just like you know, Marine Corps boot camp gives you a pathway. Well, so so does the eight limbs of yoga. It gives you a spiritual pathway. And it brings you right to that space that I'm speaking of, that still space, that center point. Absolutely. Yeah, we we talk about it, you know, kind of in the same light, but we call it connecting to the source. You know, we're all navigating these different changes going on. And most of the time it's uncontrollables. You know, so if you can kind of have that, you know, bring yourself back down to earth, you know, whether it's breathing mindfully or you know, thinking about a five second rule where you count to five. I know Mel Robbins is big into that. Um, anything that you've seen, you know, on the military side, you know, that kind of has a similar um, theme to it. Do they do they teach you things like that when things get hectic? Um, is that what kind of started, you know, that mindset within you to say, after I you know, get out of the Marines, I want to find a deeper way to connect to this source or connect to this center? Um, in your own life. Absolutely. So um, back when, you know, I was serving in the Marines and, you know, that that's early 90s when I got out. So there was nothing provided, given or, or even mentioned um, in, in that regard. Now, a lot of us know today that resiliency training is being you know offered, uh, you know, somewhere. Um, but it, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be what people need especially in a transition out of the military and back into civilian life, it's an enormous change. I mean, you've lost your work. You've lost your work family. You've lost the people you live with, eat with, serve with, train with every single day. And, you know, it, people have your back. You know that. You feel that. You experience that. And then you come out into the civilian world where that's all taken from you. By, you know, by choice, usually to get out. But, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is to go, go after this on your own and take that initiative, right? And so instead of dealing with the acute micro traumas that we do on a single basis every single day, um, and then even the macro ones that are going to be more traumatic, you know, this, this is something to integrate into our daily lives. 
And so the thing is, is find what works for you, what resonates for you, and then go down that path. You know, there's a lot of ways to, to skin this, and it could be well beyond the yoga practice, but that's a primary one that I do. And uh, the conscious breathing, the, the pranayamas, if you would, the Sanskrit word for conscious breathing, um, is that. You know, and that's the gateway for me into that still that still space. Conscious breathing is uh, kind of getting popularized these days in a lot of different ways. Um, you mentioned it even earlier without me saying anything. You know, so um, practicing that into a still space or getting some movement in. You know, and you could be in a CrossFit gym and just sit down in the gym afterwards for for ten minutes and don't do anything and leave your phone alone. That's perfect. Just sit in stillness for a little bit and see what arises. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of us think of, you know, mindfulness as just stillness. And, you know, I think a lot of a lot of times and you're you hit on it perfectly. It's, you know, for for you, mindfulness is through movement as well. Um, and you find that kind of center through your yoga practice and the movement you you know go through. I went through a similar transition when I was getting out of baseball and you become kind of lost for, you know, six months, a year, sure. you know, two years, some some even longer. Um, but you, you know, you seek information and you seek answers, you know, through books, you know, through asking people questions. And what I realized was until I started to put these things into practice that I was being taught, that I was reading about, yep. you know, it wasn't really impacting my life as much. And I think a lot of us want information to solve our issues and solve our problems. But at the end of the day, you have to put things into practice and, you know, one of the key things you, you hit on was around movement and kind of creating momentum, you know, in a direction which kind of can help bring you back, you know, to center. Um, you know, what do you think from a movement standpoint? It comes in so many different facets. And, you know, I know you've you know, been big into yoga. You've, you've done some CrossFit um, certifications as well and kind of went through different modalities, uh, that multimodality model of movement. Um, how important do you think movement is to, you know, somebody's day to day? I mean, it's absolutely critical. I mean, the first thing is we want the physical, you know, body, the physical machine to be prime as best as we can do that. We want to eat proper and get away from the, the false persona of the, the FDA's, you know, food pyramid. And we want to be smarter than that, you know, um, and then then find a movement thing that you love. You know, you, you had baseball. I had Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, you know, for 21 years now. And finally, black belt comes, you know, but uh, awesome. Uh, but even even that discipline, when you're live rolling, when you're sparring live. It's that is an absolute meditation. There's no thought. So you better know what you're doing, you know, uh, but there's no thought in that. And so you're, you're, you're absolutely in a movement meditation. It's no different than you call it Tai Chi jiu-jitsu. It just doesn't matter, except for the dynamic force of it all. Right. Um, but any athletic movement or functional movement, if you're not doing athletic movement, fine. Well, I'm hurt here or I'm a certain age or this this ailment isn't working for me. So, I, you know, functional movement just is fine. But we want to get the heart rate to elevate, get all our systems primed. And this is part of the pathway. I used to go on 35, 50 mile bike rides when I was trained for the Ironman back in, you know, early 2020 before the whole thing came. Right. And took that away. Um, but I used to go on long bike rides and I would set up my environment where I could be sweaty and still lie down somewhere and then go right into uh, breath work and then right to meditation. So find your jam. But after that's over, 
you know, sit down, lie down, breathe, and then silence. It's, it's simple, you know. I like my Viking, you know, type of my tools, my steel mace, my kettlebells, and things like that to, to work out with. And then find the little bit of stretching right there. I'm talking two, three, five minutes. That's it. Go into conscious breath work and then go into stillness from there. Lie down, sit down, close your eyes, relax, no phone. Simple. Yeah, all this stuff is so applicable, I think, to just how we navigate, you know, life in general. When you talk about, you know, you're sprinting into, you know, one task or one objective, and then you take that break um, and just finding ways in between those different, um, you know, transitions of objectives, but, um, you know, finding, you know, the center in it, um, but also being able to to navigate and, and connect with people. Um, you know, I think sometimes we go, we go so deep inside that we kind of cut off, you know, the outside world when we're doing something that we love. We're kind of in our flow state or in our genius zone. Um, and I think, you know, some people are always seeking that, um, you know, trying to find that passion that's going to get them in that zone. You know, but what do you think, you know, I, I always kind of think about how to try to find a balance between the two. You know, you're doing something you love, you're super hyper-focused, but you also don't want to lose connection you know, with the outside world, any ways you've seen or, or seen folks around you kind of do that um, in a optimal way? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a great point because we, we want to foster connection as deeply as we can, with as many people as we can, especially in the day to day. Right. So um, we've been taught a lot of lessons from 2020 onward, you know, and uh, we know that our human connection to ourselves, to each other globally, globally even and you know, also to this planet and, and all of our, our friends or animals here. Um, we, we, we want and we need and we thrive with that connection. So um, here's what I have noticed, though. Um, when, when, when people go into some of these states of consciousness, um, other than normal states of consciousness, they're replacing um, a different dopamine high with this. And they're not they're not using it to get to that center point for for optimal living, they're just doing it for a, a, a quick dopamine high, right? Oxytocin. And, and, uh, and, and so we're still on the wrong path, right? We're just doing this instead and then maybe labeling it. And then now we look cool, we sound cool, and we wear a, a malo around our wrist. And we even, you know, we have the fashion of it too now, right? So, um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I can suggest here is one, do it for the right reason be real with yourselves, right? And, and then do it so we're better connected to ourselves and therefore we can be a better human out in the, out in the greater world. So that's one. But the second part to answer this is do it with someone you care about and create that connection there, you know? And then you have a little bit of uh, accountability, a little check and balance. Um, and you can go deeper into the relationship of whoever that is, whether it's your daughter, your mother, your spouse, your, you know, your friends. Uh, you know, I've taught this countless times over Zoom, you know, and, and it's amazing how we can create a, a community connection with technology with people all over the world. Right. The resonance is, is truly there. So, um, so so those two points, I'd like to drive home hard to answer that question for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now it's it's limitless bounds um, to connection nowadays with the Internet. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the reasons we created this show is because there's you know multi ways to connect. Right. We're connecting to people. You know, we're connecting to ideas. 
stories, you know, to the internet, you know, and that kind of makes ideas um, go at a you know wider reach um, from that standpoint, which I think is great. But I think at this time, you know, people feel less connected because they're so connected. Um, so it's kind of you know being able to kind of choose which connections you're making and and how you're making them. I think a lot of that comes from the mindset you're bringing to the day to day. Um, folks talk a lot about you know the best things in life are for, aren't free, um, but I think connecting to yourself is is really the you know the most costly thing you could not do, if that makes sense. Um, and you you hit on that point extremely well. Um, and I think you know our bodies, and this is one of the big kind of enlightenments I've had recently or breakthroughs, is our bodies are almost like chemistry projects where these chemicals of dopamine, endorphins, and oxytocin, things of that nature are going up and down all day, most of the time unconsciously. Um, I didn't really learn it in baseball. I wish I, I wish somebody would have said, hey, when you're on the mound, here's the chemical going up. Here's how you can kind of think about you know, bringing that down or bringing that up to perform better. Um, you know, when you're not performing, here's some things you can do to kind of make sure your your chemicals are regulated. So your body's recovering, kind of all that good stuff. It was kind of done more ad hoc. Um, but as I've kind of learned, you know, my own body and um, done some research on it, heard some of the great researchers and, and, and medical folks, um, you know, I've kind of learned that, that, that chemistry project in my own body, I'm still learning it as I go forward. Um, but I think a lot of people don't don't hear enough about it, right? We hear a lot about you know stress levels. We hear a lot about anxiety, things of that nature. You know, substance abuse, and people you know are always chasing something, um, some feeling that they may never achieve um, from that standpoint. So, anything that you've seen from that chemistry project internally, or those chemicals that really impact the way that we navigate life, um, that kind of stick out to you that the audience could benefit from. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll reference another um, more famous podcaster than myself, um, uh, Huberman. Uh, so Andrew Huberman, he is, uh, well, he, he's, uh, he's well known. He is uh, pretty genius from my point of view. Um, and, but he also has the credibility and the knowledge and the experience. So, um, you know, he talks about these topics in great detail. His podcast and video podcasts are long in duration they are huge they are 90 minute two hours two and a half hours long so if you have that kind of time and bandwidth go ahead and listen listen to him in detail but you know the the, the things he he might say uh, would be exactly what i said earlier is uh a lot of us are still chasing that dopamine high right um but what we want to do is, is is mitigate that and go into a serotonin which is more like the different, you know, a simplification of an explanation is the difference between um, high test coffee, caffeined out, you know, the, like the, you know, they even advertise it. We're, we got the highest caffeine coffee, here. you know, a lot of them advertise that, right? So um, in contrast to a green tea, you know, which is more of a, an, even, an even keel, right? So um, we, we want to do things that bring us into, you know, Western word, homeostasis, you know, uh, Eastern words, uh, you know, harmony, you know, state of balance, you know, equanimity, you know, feeling peace from the inside out. You know, those are the things we want to foster. When, when you were doing your travels 
um, you know, kind of Eastern culture and kind of thinking about how that compared to, you know, a lot of the things that you grew up in within the Western culture, you know, anything from the, from that chemical side that you saw as a huge difference, whether it was what people were putting in their body, obviously mindfulness is huge in the experience that you had, um, and trying to connect, you know, mind, body, spirit, uh, obviously the mind is huge in that making sure you're full, full mind, full heart. Um, but when it came to kind of that, you know, getting those serotonin levels up through what was putting in your body uh, or what you were putting in your body or others around you, were there any themes that you saw um, related to, to that aspect? So the, the East has a lot to offer. It does. Um, and, and it's very often a 360 to our Western Jews, you know. You know, you, you can talk to someone who's in India as an example, or you practice yoga, you know, and they chant all day long, right? And we would think that that's crazy because that's a huge waste of time, right? They chant all day long, right? So that's their practice, you know? Um, and, and that's certainly not a lifestyle I'm gonna, you know, be in or promote or advise anyone here either, you know? Um, but, but when we practice, you know, yoga, we're doing for the mental, the physical, and the spiritual connectivity between the three to cultivate one, you know, supreme human being that doesn't have to chant all day long, you know, to get to the exact space that these, these, um, you know, these Eastern, you know, quote unquote gurus, if you would, right. Um, which, which is comical to, on, on the other hand, you know, they, they bring us a lot of, of, of wisdom, um, the ancient knowledge, right. America is 200 plus years old, and let's just face it, right? So, um, the United States that we call it, um, but you know, the Indian and the Chinese doctrines are, are ancient. You know, they're, they're thousands of years old, right? So they bring a lot of wisdom, but we have to we have to translate across an ocean. We have to go from Sanskrit or Pali Canon, you know, written in foreign languages, into uh, a year of, of 2023, right? So. Um, you know, how do we deal with that? Right. And then how do we bring it into our lives in a, in a way that's not overwhelming, but benefiting, you know, so we, we have to find again, the, the spiritual practices that work for us and what are they? And sometimes that's a very long discovery. Sometimes it's like, oh, I hit it right, right off. You know, I've tried everything. Trust me. I've been around um, figuratively around the globe to, to discover everything that's out there. And, uh, you know, I found the things that work best for me, and those are the things that I continue to practice and teach every single day. Um, but to the, the marriage between the East and the West is the most critical part. How do we weave that, right? How do we put those Ethernet cables together, right? And then put, put that into play, you know? So for us, it's time chunking. That's, that's how we do that, you know? So you say, take the break, and, and you're right. We could take five minutes, but what if we can just take, you know, 30 minutes, three times a day and put the phone away, you know, go on a walk with your dog with no phone, try that out for size, right? That, that, that jars a lot of people, no phone for 30 minutes. That's, that's crazy talk, right? Um, but how many distractions and pings come out of that phone, right? Besides the stuff we're going to go look at when we're going to initiate, we're, we're, we're dinged constantly. So it's almost like a micro trauma all day long. That's what happens, you know, and, and I remember I was teaching mindfulness on stage, 200 people, um, microphone, the whole thing. Right. But the demographic was 70 years old on up, 80 years old, 90 years old. 
And somehow we got into the topic. And then I asked them the question, how many of you go to bed and sleep with your phone in arm's distance away from you? Not one hand rose, you know? But underneath that age group, it's crazy talk not to think we're not gonna have our phone right next to us, right? Because we're gonna go to Instagram or something as the last thing we do at night and the first thing we do when we wake up, right? So that's our human behavior these days. Instead of journaling, instead of breathing, instead of yoga or connecting with your person if you have one next to you, right? So it's um, a way to bring the East and the West together and then how to time chunk that into our lives, you know, because we're all busy, you know, and that's not going to go away, you know. We have this elusive thing about time in our life, you know. Well, we're busy. Well, we, we also choose that. We also choose that. None of us work 24-7, right? You know, you get up early, right? You get up early to do your thing, you know? You have two little ones, you know? How, how does that work for you? You look pretty refreshed to me. I mean, so it's working for you, right? So, you know, you don't have like crazy eyes or, you know, bloodshot and all that. I mean, you find a way and you take the excuses out of yourself. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and stop being um, in this victim mentality that I don't have time because you can't put time in your hand. You can't hold it. You can't put time in the palm of your hand. This I've preached for years. Time is just simply a continuum in which we place the events in our lives on a daily basis. And what we choose to put on that timeline is ours primarily, right? Primarily. So and, and we're not going to carve the time out for ourselves, really. On the other hand, you know, the, the gurus of the other side, you know, they're, they're they're doing it all day long. So that's that's still not productive as a human being in my eyes. You know, when I was in India, I, I met the cave guy. So in Mysore, India, um, he's, he's pretty famous. He's in the coffee table books. Right. So I'm not making this up. You know, he literally lives in a cave. I went into it. You know, when I was there, I, I got to meet the cave guy and I had a conversation with him. What do you do? Meditate. Why? To meditate. That, that's his answer all day long. I said, what are your biggest obstacles? I'm looking for tips, right? I'm looking for, give me the golden nugget here. I said, what are your obstacles in meditation? He goes, when Westerners like you come and visit me and interrupt. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. He says, no, no problem, you know? But what's the purpose of that, you know? I don't know, you know? And he obviously didn't know either, you know? But something in him said, well, I gotta go meditate all day long and forever, you know? Why? You know, it makes no sense. And he didn't have a cell phone bill. So he doesn't have he doesn't have our our Western way of living problems or, or circumstances or, or, or way of life, you know, without, without a cell phone. bill, Right. The, the community feeds him. You know, obviously, there's fruit at his doorstep, you know. So time chunking and, and making this a priority is uh, is is part of our self-love and what makes us a better human. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, one of the, you know, one of the conundrums is, you know, because we have the cell phone, we have a cell phone bill. That means we may have to do something that we don't love in order to pay that bill. Um, and I think that puts people, you know, a lot of people in the back seat as a, as opposed to the front seat of their own life where they're, you know, they're consciously shaping um, those mindsets, um, those things that typically get put on us as kids. You know, you have to go, you know, go to college, work a nine to five you know, retire at 65 and have your 401k um, and that's success. Um, but I think that model is, is changing, you know, over time from that standpoint. 
you know, but from, from the caveman standpoint, you know, what do you, do you think he was trying to separate himself or he was trying to be more connected to kind of the, the environment that he was a part of through his kind of meditation from what you learned from what he told you? Yeah. I don't, I don't think either was his, was his posturing there. Mm -hmm. I think it's just naiveness and, and also, um, listening to another human being guru to do what he's going to do all day long with the rest of his life. And so there's a lack of discernment. You know? So that's my view. And, and that happens a lot. You know, we, we get into this, this guru ideation, right. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately, um, there is that, but fortunately they also taught us a lot of wonderful things. So it's, um, it's a little bit of a paradox in my eyes, you know, um, the, first of all, the only guru we have is the one that's in our hearts and in our souls and our, our consciousness. And that's it. If someone was to say to me, all right, you really need to go do this breath work for 14, 15 hours a day. And that's it. Um, yeah, I just kind of look at them with a tilted head and say, get away, you know, because that's a, a dangerous person in my eyes. If, because look at look at the situations around Bikram, for example, who is um, <clears throat> one of those yoga gurus who taught a lot of people a wonderful modality, um, but didn't do it with the right intentions. You know, and he was idolized by so many Western people. And he did horrible things to to a lot of them, right? So this this ideation of we're we're going to have this person that we look up to like that, without ourselves coming first, without our families coming first, without our community coming first, our mission, our purpose, even our job, our work, what we're here for. We need those discoveries, and not necessarily listening to another human being instruct us as to what our path needs or should be. Yeah. yeah, I've done Bikram a couple of times and it's that continuous, you know, repeat repetition of the same movement. Right. And I think, you know, you bring a different state, you know, to each time that you're practicing. Yep. Um, but to me, life changes, right? The environment you go into, maybe, maybe something moved or, you know, something changed or the weather's different. Um, so, you know, making sure that's kind of a baseline of operations of, you know, those changes are going to take place. You have to be internally resilient and strong in order to navigate that. Um, and, and you hit on a key point around getting yourself to that, you know, first enlightenment point, second enlightenment point where you start to realize some of these things and become more conscious as opposed to just doing things unconsciously. You know, what do you think gets people there? Is it, is it pain? Is it you know, going through trauma? And then you're like, oh, well, you know, I need to start practicing more. Like, do we have to go through the hard times in order to have the enlightenment, in order to have those practices? Or do you think there's other ways to kind of help people, you know, connect to the information, but also be able to practice it? And like we mentioned earlier, if you don't put it into practice, it doesn't really ring that. Uh, ring the bell or set off the the light bulb uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and you hit two very important things here because um, a lot of people don't take ownership of their being or their health until there's a health crisis, right? And, and, and even with that, 
even with that, people still don't move the needle on their own, right? I have a health crisis, one more micro health crisis, I'm in the hospital, but I'm not gonna take ownership of this, right? I'm gonna find another pill or another doctor or another whatever, or another, another part of that food pyramid's gotta help, you know? So we're gonna, we're gonna stay in that mindset, unfortunately for some of us. But for those with the, the, the insight and, and the drive and the will, um, you know, we, it, it still takes a health crisis to get us to that point, right? But for those who don't, great. You have more utopia than the rest, you know? If you're not going through major traumas and you're finding a spiritual path, beautiful, good for you. Good for you, that's great, that's beautiful, you know? But for, for, for those who do have major traumas and, uh, or a lot of medium-sized ones, or you know macro to majors that we just can't handle and so it brings upon us right uh the anxieties or the pts the symptoms the symptomology where now our life is disturbed right now we can't we can't be a, a, a full human because because we're we're distracted by pain we're distracted by this or we're distracted by something else right so we 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 have to you know, double down is what it is, you know, and figure out what to do to marry East and West together. Um, but without these practices, it's going to be, it's going to be a road that um, I wouldn't want to travel down again. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. No, no thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we, we're going to go through stuff. Absolutely. And, and, and those we find some big lessons in, but how much of it just isn't necessary? You know, pain from the inside out or uh, from the external world. How much is unnecessary? Right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I've always, you know, kind of looked at the East and West, and this is kind of a more general statement, but, you know, West is kind of that is more reactive, at least at this time, you know, this state that we're in, um, in today's world, you know, the East is more proactive. And we go through this same you know, I call it a conundrum or a, you know, mental model within the technology and cybersecurity space, because if people wait till it's too late, yeah. oftentimes bad things happen. And then like, oh, crap, I wish I would have done that. That's right. <clears throat> How do we get people, you know, mentally, I think, you know, health, business, you know, action um, around, you know, movement, you know, how do we kind of shift this? And you, you mentioned earlier, like connecting the Ethernet between the East and the West. And I think that's so fascinating because, you know, it's, it's technology has connected them, but is it really a, a two-way street back and forth? Or is it just us, you know, the, the West taken from the East and trying to adopt those models, but then you have all those generational models that are already in place that's very reactive, you know, it's sick care in the healthcare space. It's waiting till we have, you know, a heart attack or something traumatic to actually say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, start exercising and you know, treating my body right. And, you know, thinking about my time model differently, right? It's not work 20, 21 hours a day, because that's what I feel like I have to do to make myself happy. And then I have three hours to kind of drink water and sleep. That's uh, right. So that's anything, right. you know, is that kind of how you look at it? Proactive, reactive um, between the two or any discoveries there? Yeah. Um, and I think as a journalist statement, that's absolutely true. But at the same time, um, let's just take a, for a moment here and just take a look at what East is. You know, when I was in India, I was shocked. 
because India doesn't practice yoga. They've lost their lineages, right? And that's India's problem. And when I was there for seven weeks, I was six weeks living with an Indian family. I had my own room. So I lived this very Indian lifestyle. They, they fed me for the holidays, uh, gratefully. Somehow there's a holiday every other day there. I don't know how that works, but I got these great meals on these big palm leaves with no silverware, right? So um, I, was, I was grateful that they have a lot of holidays, but, um, but I saw how they live, you know, and they live very simple lives, very normal, simple lives. Um, some are worse than simple, right? And that's just their daily life, right? Um, you know, they don't have air. A lot of them don't have air conditioning. It's hot you know, in some areas. It was 110 when I was there with no air conditioning. And then at, at night, the, the family would sit about sit at the edge of the driveway. And, and uh, I would ask them later on, like, why were you all sitting there at the edge of the driveway? They said they were waiting for the evening cool breeze. That's it. And, but, you know, they were peaceful. They were together. They were silent. They were just together. It was kind of a sweet, a sweet thing to witness, you know, no phones. No, no one's on TikTok. You know, they're just sitting there together and quietly observing the cool breeze. That's it. What a beautiful thing. Right. But, <clears throat> you know, th th these Eastern cultures have lost their their own lineages. You know, so that's one thing. So when we say yeast, I'm going to refer to more of the doctrines then and the practices that they've given us. And not necessarily the cultures of the peoples of, of these days, right? So, um, so, this, so that's one point I want to I want to bring home. There, it's important to understand that, that, that at this time of our lives, right? And then we, as Western people, we, we've taken a lot of these modalities, we've taken a lot of these practices, and and for the most part, we've done really great things with them. And we've integrated into other things, you know, fitness, life, whatever, right? So we've been able to do that. I can't imagine baseball without mobility drills, you know, before, during, and after, right? So you're going to, you're going to have that these days, you know, um, pro athletes have personal trainers and PT and, you know, massage therapists travel with them. You, you know, it's just what it is now, right? So we, we have grown to understand that prehab is more critical than rehab, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, putting that ethernet cable together, is going to be important. So we have to go on a discovery. We just have to, you know, and we have to figure out what works for us, you know, because, you know, our parents don't know. They just don't know. Our school systems don't know. Our Western medical practitioners certainly don't know. Right. They don't, they don't know. They don't know how to put this together. You know, they're not doing it for themselves. So how can they preach it? You know, so we have to discover, and, and that could be simple, right? We have YouTube galore. We have all kinds of things. Uh, be careful, please. But, um, you know, we have ways to research these days that we didn't in the past. You know? And so going to find a teacher is, is the first thing. We need, we need to have mentors, coaches, and teachers in our lives to bring us into this path. Um, and, and hopefully they're moral, ethical, and uh, upstanding. But then you find a way to work that into your life. We have to weave it in. We have to weave it in on a consistent basis. Or there's nothing there. You know, I used to go on on, on 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 retreats very often. You know, long weekends, week long. You know, those meditation retreats, the silent ones, the yoga ones, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, umpteen zillion certifications at this point, right? So, and those are like 
the big moves to give me that depth that I was looking for, as well as, well as the knowledge, you know. Um, but without bringing this into the home every single day and, figure, and figuring out how to weave that in, you know, it, you know th th that's the thing we need to do. So we have to take control of our time, you know, like we talked about already, you know, and time chunk this in. Well, I'm busy. I'm stressed. Yeah. You know, well, how how you gonna get unbusy or unstressed without doing something about that? You know, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah there's got there's got to be a shift, and you know, and you, you have to take responsibility, accountability for that shift. Um, you know, we we don't know what we don't know, and I think recognizing that first and foremost, and then having the ability to seek and dis try to discover. Um, those those mental models, those aspects, I think are critical. Um, but we, you know, throughout generations, we keep repeating, you know, some of the same things, right? Whether it's our health, you know, whether it's how we're connecting, some of the mindsets that you know generations have had and have not, you know, documented for that next generation. That's you know, I've made it a point, you know, since I kind of had that light bulb go off, like try to write things down. And hopefully that, you know, gets put in front of somebody. That's why we publish books. Yes. And I, know you've, I know you've put out seven and, um, you know, within your dedication, it was, you know, to your son. Right. And it was it, it was around kind of no matter what happens, you know, it won't change the bond and connection that we have. Um, and, you know, you wrote about that. But that book, you know, it, it's never going to go anywhere. Right. It's going to be accessible for generations to come. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, cousins or, you know, third order effect families or, you know, these people can take these and say, this person's ideas live on. Um, and I think that does not happen enough. And it doesn't have to be a published book, right? It doesn't have to be something formalized going through a publisher. It's it can true. simply be a letter, you know, written to future generations that says, here's 10 things I've learned. You know, the first one is, you know, take care of your health because here's what I experienced. So trying to kind of bring people to that enlightenment before they have to go through that pain um, is something that I, I still kind of, you know, jumble with and, and bounce the basketball around. Like, why is this not sticking? Um, and I, you know, I've been a victim of it as well, or I've been a, a culprit where I've let myself, you know, not learn from somebody until I get burned. And then I'm like, you know, he told me I should have done it this way. Um, and, and it goes back to kind of that, you know, it's that enlightenment. And then it's, you know, that time chunking that you're talking about where you can kind of start to be a little bit more in control of your time as opposed to just saying I'm busy. And then you're bouncing off, you know, all the different information sources, all the different walls. Um, and I think, you know, mindset is so key to that. And then kind of, you know, connecting, you know, like we said earlier, kind of to the breath, to the um, to the source, whatever that may mean for you. Um, you know, I think for business people, sometimes that's like a meeting at the middle of the day and that's, they're kind of connecting with the organization of it. Um, but I think a majority of us are just kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're going on our path. Um, you know, we're very focused on that. Um, and you know, nothing, nothing kind of gets into the peripherals, um, because, because I think technology contributes to that a little bit. Um, it obviously helps us be more connected to information. But, you know, I, I feel like it's it's making us more unconnected. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to create this show is is try to connect to those stories and strategies that can help people be better connected both to themselves 
but also, you know, to the ideas and to others that are going to help them find these enlightenments. Um, so it's a lot of parallels here. Um, I think we can go down a lot of different, different avenues. Um, but any, any kind of mindsets for you that have kind of made all the difference, you know, you, you've, you've written books, you know, you've, you've gone on different journeys. Um, you know, you've played in the technology space for years. You've helped, um, you know, studios develop their businesses. Obviously you learn a lot from that. Um, any kind of mindsets you've seen stick out in successful businesses, leaders, individuals that, you know, really kind of resonate with you and you feel the audience kind of needs to hear today? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the key word that you and I have been, you know, speaking of um, in the past as well as, you know, this morning is, is resiliency, you know, and if we can bring that that into our, our daily life, then I think we're going to be much better human beings as for ourselves, as far as those around us. Um, because if we stay inside of a, a victim mindset, even in a, a sliver, it, it's, it's going to bring us down, you know, and, and then all our symptomology is going to show up. All our fatigue is going to show up. All our inner critics are going to show up. Right. And then, then we're going to go into that history of memory. We're going to go backwards. Oh, this was because of this. Then we start going into these mental rabbit holes, right? And, and, and this is, is what I can imagine, you know, what, what people wake up with or go to bed with um, when the phones are not with us at that point, you know, and what keeps us up at night, you know? So if these are the things swirling around in our heads, then, then we have to mitigate that, you know? And it's not just one, and it's not one thing. Oh, go practice yoga, or, or go go work out at the gym, or go go do a thing, you know, because um, because that could be a lot of things for a lot of different people. You know, I like my things, you like your things, you know. So the the, the best thing about that is we found our things, you know, and, and that's what works for us. I can't imagine, um, not that it's often like it used to be, but I can't imagine not putting on a jujitsu gi and, and, uh, and going showing up to class and. You know, being with that camaraderie of people, which I love, um, that's a small world as well, and, and, and rolling live. You know, of course, we're going to learn, drill, warm up, do all those things that we're going to do in a class. But, you know, there's something about slapping five and knuckle bumping and going, you know, um, and we're not trying to hurt ourselves or each other, but we are certainly trying to win, you know, <laughs> and so we want to have that mentality in everything that we do. You know, we want to slap five with and knuckle bump everything that we do and, and move forward to win. You know, and I think that's part of our Western culture. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, I, you know the, the, the Eastern philosophies don't necessarily point that out too well, right? Um, human will is not pointed out too well inside of all this doctrine, you know? It's about everything else, but, but they don't have a whole lot written about the human will, right? And, and in our Western cultures, we have a whole lot of that. I mean, look at, Look, United States, 200 years old, 200 whatever years old, and uh, bam, you know, you know, how, how can how can you, what do we attribute to that? You know, human will is what we attribute to that, you know, and constant innovation, right? I'm constantly evolving myself every single day. Every single day I'm looking at something new purposefully, right? Not the information, uh, you know, terror that you spoke of earlier, right? We're getting, we're getting tagged by so many different things. And we have so many different rabbit holes we could go down 
um, aimlessly and, and without intention, um, but, but looking at things purposely that's going to improve our lives and therefore the thread into other people and therefore the thread with the Ethernet cables with our very distant family and friends. We can do that as well, too. But, you know, I'm constantly in, a, in an evolution, you know, constantly. And, uh, you know, that, that's the world to win. You know, that's the world to win. You and I talked about business and things like that before. I could have given up and quit a lot of times along this last you know, two, three years, you know, but I didn't. I didn't at all, you know, and uh, we have to have that inner will. When we don't want to, you know, take the pause or, and take the day and whatever, but, uh, you know, come back and, and have that will to win. Um, but it's, and for me, that's that resilient mindset. And, and, and that's, I attribute that more to our cultures than Eastern cultures. And uh, I think that's a huge thing. That's a huge positive thing. So, um, and what that looks like on a daily basis, that's very different for all of us, you know. So how we put that into play is very different for all of us, you know. Um, I know my, my will to win is, um, you know, take care, of, take care of this structure as best as I can. This spirit, this, this mind, this intellect, as well as this body, as best as I can. And then trickle that into as many people as I can affect. You know, and it starts every day, every morning is my dog. You know, that she gets cared for first, period. Those, nothing, nothing happens without getting her cared for first, you know. And, and then I move on to me, and then I move on to whoever else. You know? So, but we got to show up for ourselves. And if we don't do that, well, we're going to stay stuck in quicksand. Mm -hmm. You know, quicksand is is a, a low neutral. You know, a low neutral. And now we need help from others, and we can't even speak it out. And that's where a lot of people are. Yeah. So don't even tiptoe around the quicksand. Just get away from it. Move forward. Fly over it. However you got to do it. Just get out of there. You know, that's not going to help us. Not going to help anybody. Look at the status of the world from a, from, a, from a negative point of view. Right? Look at the terror in the world that's going on right now from a negative point of view. Right? The global circumstances, you know. Are, the, are these the leaders of the world? Really? Find a continent for me, Greg, would you? Find a country that has a so-called leader that I can look up to. There, there isn't one. We need to take that ownership. Yeah. We need to do that. You know? So we, we have to figure this out. Because they're not. Not by any means. You know, they're failing their own citizens as well as each other's. So you we, know, need, we need to take that ownership. Yeah, we do. Uh, and, and it starts with each each individual. No one's, you know, and I think, you know, chapter one, you know, no one's coming to save us. Um, and, you know, a big thing that I've realized, you know, over the you know past year or so, just kind of doing doing some internal work is that when somebody around you is, is continuously negative and you have to look to them as a leader, it makes you kind of want to need them more, I guess you could say, because they're saying everything's negative, but I have, you know, potential path forward, but they stay in that negative um, sphere or mindset. So it makes people seek kind of, um, you know, whether it's more negative and that goes back to the chemistry project. Like if they're continuously, you know, pumping you with that downer chemical, 
um, you know, your body can only get so high up and then they bring it back down. So it's kind of that look to me as a leader and I will, I'll control this and I'll give you these negative mindsets um, and continuously pump them into your mind so that, you know, you need me to solve that negativity that I'm telling you about potentially. Um, And a, a lot of what you're talking about from the resilience side is the proactive side of resilience, right? Gotcha. Get out of the, the quick sandbox. Um, it's avoid it, you know, walk around it as opposed to waiting until you're in the sandbox, you're sinking down and then you have to be reactive. Um, and, and some people's definition of resilience is the ability to bounce back after something bad has happened. Um, but I think a lot of the practices we've talked about today, is really around, you know, consciously building it so that when something comes up, you know, you kind of, you, you, you bounce to the side of it or you walk around it um, because you've built those models, those internal um, resilience traits in order to navigate it in the right way for you. Um, and if, if you don't believe you can do it, you know, nobody's going to believe it. So that's it goes right. back to that. That's right. That I, I, mentality. I, I, exactly what you're saying is we, got, we have to fill that well so deep that nothing can shake that, you know, but at the same time, we need self-awareness. You know, we need to, um, I'll put it in your business terms. We need to pen test ourselves constantly, you know, and for your prospective clients, you need to pen test themselves. To, we have to have that happen, you know, otherwise a bigger trauma is going to show up. Right. So we need the well fill and we need to pen test ourselves, you know, constantly. Absolutely. And it's that constant evaluation, constant improvement, um, you know, and constant movement, right? It's, it's improvement mentally and then putting that into practice, you know, through those numbers of ways that we've gone through today. Um, And I think that's ultimately kind of connecting to that place we started with. Um, and that's going to be different for everybody. Um, we know we live in a world of kind of that. Everybody talks about imposter syndrome. You know, you have to model after you know different types of people or one person that you really look up to. But nothing that they give you or tell you is really going to be the end all answer. Um, right. It's that internal journey that is required to connect the different ideas, the different stories, the different strategies, um, the different tactics that people are using. And it, there's no destination. I think that's what some of us are all looking for. Yes, I've been there. I'm, you know, I still get there at certain points throughout the day. We want that one destination where you're standing on the, you know, <laughs> standing on the hill, saying, "Yes, you know, I did it." And you know, now I'm here. And you know, what's next? Right, right. I mean, we we should be standing on that hill every single day, and just keep on coming back to that hill or going to a new hill. But you're right. There there is no destination, and, we, and if we're not you know, carving out the time to, um, you know, do the introspection that you're talking about and having that self-awareness, then, you know, we're going to continue to strive for, you know, that, that dopamine high, right? But that, that hill we, we can create anytime we want and go upon it anytime we want, right? And it's traversing up along that path to get there. That's the fun of it all. You know, what you see along the way and who you're with along the way and the conversations you're having, you know? Yeah. That's where the breakthroughs take place. It is, yeah. So, so kind, of, kind of wrapping all this together, uh, one of the questions we like to ask is, 
are there are there three strategies that you would recommend to the audience to increase or enhance their connection um you know whatever connection means to them you know it could be life could be business could yep. be the internet um any any kind of tactics you would suggest for the audience to put into practice when it comes to connection yeah i mean the first thing is is track your habits so i mean atomic habits great book um you know get a habit tracker that's the first thing and whether that's in an excel spreadsheet or a pdf you print out i mean you can google that so easily and find that printed out posted near your your, your workspace your play space your kitchen whatever it is You're, you know you could put that on your fridge and, and then track your habits you know and, and have one for the different categories in your life you know a big one for me for, for example is making connections with people i already know right I, I don't do that as often as i wish to so that's a habit of mine that i'm moving forward so i can be more connected to the people that i care about um but the whole fitness mindfulness and uh, meditation conscious breath work you know that's got to be there for us somewhere in some form right and and, and uh you know and then our, our nutritional capabilities you know, we, we should be constantly raising the bar of our own nutrition. You know, everyone's dehydrated. Everyone's over-medicated. Everyone's over-caffeined. I drink caffeine. I drink a couple times a day, sometimes three, depending on what I'm doing. Um, it's not always coffee, but it could be in the drink, too. So I'm not saying caffeine's bad, but, you know, how much water are we taking in? Just pure water, right? So we need we need to we need to take our, our, uh, our body weight, divide that, number in half and drink that much water in and ounces every single day or we're going to be you know not not in a great shape here so um raise the bar of our nutrition that's going to help our mental our mental faculties it's going to help everything we do with mindset so that'll be the second thing so tracker habits uh, raise the bar of your nutrition and then the most important thing is is work with time blocks you know there's there's a couple of models out there right now you know work for 50 minutes you know Take a break for 10, whatever it is, right? Work for 20 minutes, take a break. Find a way inside a, a two, four hour period of your day to step away from whatever it is that you're doing in that moment. You could be lounging on the couch doing nothing for three and a half hours. Stop doing that and, and go take care of yourself. Most of us have it in the frame while well, we're, we're in work mode. So, all right, well, two, two, three hours, four hours, stop, take a break. And do something for you, just you, you know, or with your or loved one. You know, I'll, I'll walk my dog, right? So, but put don't bring that phone with you. You know, we, how we how we can get even close to uh, peeling those layers away to get to that still space if we're bringing the, a device with us, right? It's not going to happen. So, we want to time block right? and, and and figure out in a two, three, four hour window what I can get in as far as can i can i get a workout in can i do some yoga can i do some breathing can i sit down in stillness for 20 minutes yeah you can we need to have a why around it so time block and make sure you have a why around it because without the why we're not going to time block so we have to put those two on the different ends of an infinite loop right? time block why time block why time block why or the time block says it got to happen so those are the three things I would suggest to the whole world right now. 
And if our, the leaders of our world were doing that, we wouldn't be in the situation we were, we are in globally right now. So um, that's, that's my stance on all that. Incredible, Eric. I love it. Definitely learned something new throughout this discussion. Great. Um, hopefully everybody tuning in had a great experience, was able to adopt a new mindset and, and really put some of those connection rituals, connection practices in place to really ultimately connect like we've never done before. I think that's that continuous improvement journey. Um, you know, how can folks, you know, come in contact with you if they want to learn more about you know, these ideas that you embody and, and share with the world today? Yeah, the simplest way is, is LinkedIn, and, and that's just easy as my name. So uh, I made it real simple for LinkedIn. People find me. I don't have any offers or things that I'm doing right now um, on this end. Um, I'm planning to teach some conscious breath work here coming up pretty soon, so that'll be happening. Um, I'll certainly post it on LinkedIn as well as Facebook, um, but that is the way to, to reach me and find me for sure. Oh, thank you. There it is. Yeah, there's the link. So th that's super simple, right? And, uh, you know, if anyone, you know, came to me with a need and, hey, can you help me out with this? Of course I would. You know, we all need to calm down and we all need to uh, get a helping hand along with this, too. So um, I'm happy to say yes to anybody who needs this. Excellent. Yeah, definitely reach out to Eric. Um, always a pleasure to connect, Eric. Uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation. Pleasure, and, uh, Thank you. Until next time, my friend. All right. Sounds great. Have the best day. Take care. You Thanks. as well.